Excellent. That's always a good thing to hear. Um, welcome, everybody. Uh, here we are to at our, uh, uh, we'll call this the inaugural, um, mm. of perhaps many more to come uh, in future Ironman Oceania Ironman World Championships Kona participants, females. Uh, welcome to um, to this discussion. Uh, I have with me co-host Nikki Matthews. A lot of you will know Nikki. Um, Nikki has uh, had some great experiences with racing Ironman World Champs um, in 2019 to a very high level, yeah. and she's also been there to watch it as well. So um, both Nikki and I have have raced in Kona and we've watched Kona, so uh, we sort of come with a, a pretty good breadth of understanding of what, what happens on the island and, and how things work and the best way to go about about the whole the whole procedure because it, it can be a bit of a performance and um, I know the first time I went, it was a long, long time ago and things are quite different now, but uh, the excitement is still uh, the same um, every time you go back there. So for those of you that have done it before, you kind of know the the atmosphere that you're going to be getting yourself into but for those of you that haven't been there before um you're really in for a, a, a real treat um and there you know it's just one of those special events and, and you should be really excited that you're uh, getting to race Kona um this year I'm not sure if you, if you watch the men's race in Nice it looked pretty cool but um the 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 overriding message from everybody was it's not Kona. Still, it still isn't quite the same as as um, as I'm in Hawaii. So, um, and here we are. We're how many weeks out? Three, four. Must be about that. I should know that actually. Being a coach, I should know that information. But um, certainly in that window of now is the time to start planning um, the nuts and bolts of your trip and uh, how that's going to go, and also getting into um, Understanding heat the adaptation. Dynamics. Yeah, heat adaptation is such an important thing. Understanding the dynamics of the of the race week and of the race itself, and um, just getting familiar with the with the whole place. So, I think what we'll do is we'll start off. We'll, we'll share the screen. Um, I want to show you the um, document that I was sent. Little presentation that Ironman sent me. Um, you should be able to see this come up shortly. Um, there we go. Um, can I really hope everybody can see that? Um, so yep. as you can see, that is uh, a great view of the pier um, as you come towards the end of the swim. And that little area down on the uh, right-hand side where you can see the people standing in the water, believe it or not, that is actually Digby Beach. That is the beach that the Ironman World Championship starts. So it's a tiny, tiny little beach. And when you get there, you sort of walk to the pier and you look over the edge of the rock wall and you're almost expecting to see this amazing sandy beach in front of you. And I didn't know how to turn my face off. <laughs> Hang on, I'll just um, I'll just hit I'll just hit mute here. There we go. Um and you and you look over the edge of this of this rock wall and you've just got this uh tiny little sandy beach in front of you. And uh, there might be a couple of turtles floating around and there's a couple of people standing around in speedos. But it's it's almost a, a real letdown when you think of um, the, the size of this event and it's the smallest beach in the world. But that's what it, what's what it is, and it works perfectly. Um, and that's where they filter you down to swim out to the start. And the actual start line you can't see in this picture, but it's it's off to the left upper left hand part of that screen. Um, you can actually see a black a black boy um, 
in the image there, and that's the right-hand side of the start line. So this is the channel that you come down to to finish the swim. Um, and Nikki, I mean, you've you've been there before. What do you think? What are you feeling just as you come to the end of that end of the swim here? Um, the swim is actually the I reckon the best part of the the whole race, um, mainly because um, it's such a beautiful ocean swim. Like, don't think of like massive waves or anything. It can it can get a little bit choppy, but it's usually not at that hour of the morning. Um, and you swim out and you literally can see fish. You might see dolphins. So it's actually quite an entertaining swim, so to speak. It's never boring. And the far turn boy is actually a boat. So another cool thing that you actually swim around um, and obviously therefore very easy to sight. Um, mm. So it's, it's actually a really cool swim. And then coming back in, yeah, you come down as you saw that that kind of not shoot, but they kind of funnel you down there. Um, and there's not masses of people because it's not a mass start. It's a it's an age group start. So you'll start with your age group. Um, so if you did, if you've ever done Taupo as a mass start, it's not as hectic or frantic as that at all. Um, and as you can see, you can get can get quite spread out. And then you just come in when you finish. You come in and you funnel, and the the people in the water actually help you up a few stairs up to the pier. And then in that first picture you would have seen to the right-hand side, that's where all the bikes are racked. Um, so, yeah, and then you, you'll come out of the water and they'll have the overhead hoses, so rinsing some cool water on you as well as you come out. Um, sure. And, yeah, and I, um, some people would... Can you turn that off? Some people would, um, like, I know there's questions around swim skins and stuff like that, and I think Rob and I both agree that it's a really good investment for the swim to have a swim skin. Um, it just keeps you all intact. Nothing's going down your suit. As Rob um, has mentioned before, it can, it can make you faster as well. Um, so it is a good investment, and I know it's a lot of money, but highly recommend getting a swim skin. Yeah. I agree. Um, there's a couple of really interesting things about the water here as well. Is it's it's actually really really salty and it's actually quite yeah. buoyant. So even though you, it's a non wetsuit swim, um, it's not quite as buoyant as you would have with a wetsuit in the sea. But there is there is some density to the water, so it's not it's not like you're going to be um, really struggling to keep afloat. Um, the, 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 the procedure with the start where you swim yourself out to the start line and you end up um, mm -hmm. you sort of treat water for a few minutes before the gun goes um, back in back in the days before they had the wave starts and it was just a single mass start we, we would have to swim out and we'd be treating water for 15 minutes and um, <laughs> and it was it was it was bizarre because you'd almost think treating water 15 minutes and then you'd start an Ironman swim it would almost be something that's quite fatiguing but it it wasn't really it was the water's quite buoyant. You can sort of float there. You just have to sort of relax, and you just sit on the sit on it, and it just it just it just holds you up, which is really nice. The the one thing that you do get with that increased salinity though is it's it's quite salty on the mouth, and it actually it actually I don't know, uh, Nikki, if you found this, but I actually found I was quite dry and almost burnt in my throat by the end of the swim, and it was it was probably the most discomfort I had through the whole swim was just really, really dry lips, sort of a, a, a dry mouth and a, and a sort of a raspy throat. Um, and that seemed to take me quite a long time to to get used to. So the first thing you do when you get out of the water is 
you just you just need to get some water on board, some fresh water, just to sort of start getting things back into equilibrium in that department. You but, can even um, in your race, like when you come out of the water and go into the tent to whip off your swim skin, you can even have a small bottle of water in that bag and just start gulping and then throw it back in the bag as you exit out mm. um, as well. Exactly. And it's um it's a busy, busy race. Um, because everybody who races here is is of of a has of a pretty high level. Um, you know, you get you do get your very very high level age groupers. It's quite an intense environment when you do come out of the water, and the transition area is quite rushed. But it is it is just another transition area, and it's the sort of place that you need to just settle into, and just do your own thing and make sure that you've got everything sorted out. Um, the as the you Aussies will probably be fine because it's you know it's a lot warmer than we have in New Zealand. But um, the one thing I noticed when I first got out of the water was the heat of the sun was already there, um, and it's not something we get in racing in Taupo, but um, racing in Cairns it's like that. And um, straight away you, you suddenly switch your, switch your head around to I really need to respect myself in this race because um, this isn't the sort of race you can sort of you can just get by, um, uh, you know, just to sort of um, wing it. You, you do need to be prepared with the appropriate clothing to um, protect yourself from the sun and stuff that will keep you cool through the course of the race and, um, and appropriate amounts of sunblock to protect yourself. Um, so, yeah, it is a little bit more intense than just your everyday Ironman in that regard. Um, the other thing to, to point out with the swim is, as you can see, it's a long stretch. I think it's um, 1,840 metres to the first the first turn which is such a long way um but it's actually when you you can actually walk along a lee drive and you can actually see the swim course from from the road um and so in the days before the race you'll actually be able to point out the the landmarks of the hotels that you'll be swimming past um and it actually knocks the the course off quite a bit when you when you sort of realize where along a lee drive you are in relation to the buildings that you can see and that makes it quite a nice, quite a nice way to break the race up. Um, and it, it really is, it really is a phenomenal swim. And as Nikki said, you'll see mm. fish. Yeah, you'll see fish. You'll see turtles. You'll see dolphins. The water's so clear. You can, you, you can put your head down. And you can just look across 10, 20, 30 meters, and you'll see the people that you're swimming beside. Um, and um, it's just a, it's, it's a very, very special place to swim. It's, it's not, and like Nick said, it's early in the morning, so it's not super choppy, but there is a bit of an ocean swell. So you do get, swell, this, yeah. Yeah, you do get this rolling motion, which is quite different to um, the lake chop that we get in Taupo. It's a little bit different to the, the sort of the, the choppier surface you get in Cairns, um, a little bit more like the Bustleton swims where it's, it's just that bigger ocean swell coming in. But it's not, it's very rare that we see it really, really aggressively chopped up. It's um it's normally just a swim that you have to just you just sw keep keep swimming straight, keep sighting, and um and you just sort of roll over the waves as they pass under you. Mm -hmm. The other thing that you you'll look at um when you're coming back and you can see in that second image is there's a big Gatorade bottle on the pier. That's um essentially your your sighting line to come back from the far turn. So you'll be able to see that Gatorade bottle from pretty much when you turn at the boat. Um, and that sits right at the end of the pier. So that's that's a really, really good thing to navigate okay. off. Um, but I do recommend um, in the days before the race to get out and actually swim on part of the course. You don't necessarily have to swim the whole course, 
but you should swim out the first couple of orange boys, um, swim across and then swim the next couple of blue, the final couple of yellow boys coming back to the, to the beach and just get used to looking at that Gatorade bottle because um, as you get a bit closer, you'll see that it's not, it's not stuck, set directly on the right-hand side of the pier. It's a little bit more to the left. And one mistake I made in my last time racing Kona is I, I kind of forgot that and I disregarded the importance of sighting that last section. And, and I found I was swimming a little bit too far to the left and I, I sort of lost the line of the swimmers that I was with. So it was quite frustrating to get back into that into that correct line. Um, and it just cost a little bit of time, but unnecessary time. So so spend the time in the, in the days before you get there to actually get out on the course and have a look Um at the, at the actual swim itself, you'll see that that there's a the first boat that's in the in the screen um, in the upper end of the picture is about where the coffee boat is parked um, in the in the days before the race. So you can actually swim out to there. You can sort of float off the side of it. They'll feed you some coffee. There'll be some famous triathletes handing you yard for and I'll probably be there pouring your coffee and stuff like that. You sort of float around, have a chat, and some dolphins will often pass on by. But that's basically where you'll be able to swim to in the mornings before the race for the coffee boat. And that normally, I think that's from about 8 till, probably 7 till 8.30, I think, 9 yeah. maybe. So that's a, cool, that's a cool thing to be able to experience. Um, it's also a good idea when the um, when the athlete guy comes out to figure out when your wave goes and just get into the water at the same time as your race start is, and then you'll get a sense of kind of where the sun is. Yeah, going to hit, and then you might whether that's fine, and you you won't need landmarks. The boys will be fine, or whether you know you might need to have a few landmarks that you go, you know, even though I can't see the boy because of the sun, I know that I'm heading to the right place because I recognise that landmark from my practice swim or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yes, yeah, pretty straightforward. Three point eight kilometres or three point eight six actually. It's <laughs> just six metres. <laughs> um, Let's jump forward to the next um, the next one, and uh, so we're on the bike. And <laughs> this is a beast, isn't it? <laughs> Just going back to transition. So when you actually the bike racks, if they're still the same as they've always been, you don't actually rack by the handlebars. So they're kind of wooden blocks on the ground. So you put your back wheel in. So yeah. it's it's an awesome um, transition. It makes it so easy to actually take your bike out. Um, you're not kind of fiddling to get it over the bars or anything like that. That's a good point. Um, and also your bags are hung up. So there's, again, so when you come out of the water, your bags are on a massive kind of, and you've got to obviously remember what number you are, and you run down the massive line of bags to where your number is. So, again, when you go the day prior to hang your bag, just make a note of how far down the racks it is so you know when you're running where to kind of stop and assess which which bag you're getting and then make sure it's your bag before you take it off because the last thing you want to do is get into transition, find it's not yours, have to run all the way back. So um, do that and then obviously do your transition and then you just dump your bag and then they they get rid of it for you and run to your bike. Yeah, that's it. It's um, it's it's quite a it's it's quite a special, quite a cool transition area actually, and it does take up the whole pier. Mm. You, you do run a lot before you get to your bike. I feel like you're yeah, you're almost exhausted. Um, okay, so looking at the bike course, so um, 
if, if anybody has got full gas um, to, to use to, to ride the bike course. Sorry, um, Rob. Yep. I have a question about transition. And yeah. Becky, um, so do you have to run through the showers or is it something that we can run through? And if we through should... the what? Through the showers? The, sh the showers yeah. are like little sprinklers, so you can kind yeah. of avoid them. Do you know what I mean? Like it's not yeah. massive pouring water. You can literally dodge through it. Um or you can deliberately stand underneath it to get to get wet. They're just like little, you know, sprinklers. Yeah, there's no soap. You say that's beneficial. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, because you, you're pretty salty. You're pretty salty. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And yeah, you, that gives you a chance to sort of um hose some spray some water into your mouth and start washing out some of that salt. And you just just get the salt out of your eyes and off your off your skin. Um. Definitely. But you yeah, don't stand. Around, you, you don't stand around and have a have a shower or anything. You just Get moving. Okay, so, is it like the setup at Sunny Coast seventy point three? Uh, yes. Yep. I just did that race. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So you can either you know choose to run directly under a sprinkler and stand there for a second, or avoid it, so to speak. Yeah, that's good. It's a cool feature. Um, Okay, so yeah, looking at this, let's look at this bike course. So, um, if if anybody's got full gas, you can you can load up the Ironman Hawaii bike course to um to follow it, and it's actually well worth doing it. I rode part of it yes uh, a couple of days ago, and um it is really really. I mean, it's obviously a, a perfect representation of the of the race course itself. It's filmed immediately before the Stanley's on place. The immediately before the the race goes through, so so you'll actually see people on the bike. As you're as you're riding, um, and you'll see all the volunteers and the aid stations and stuff. So it's a perfect opportunity to visualise how the course rides, what it looks like, where the aid stations are located, where the key features are, and um, it gets yourself into the into the mindset. The only thing you don't get is you don't get to experience the heat and the wind, but um, that's all right. You, we all know what that feels like anyway. But um, the important thing is to to know that. Um, the first part of the bike course is actually quite technical. There's lots of little left and rights to get yourself out, out of town. Um, and as you um, sort of get uh, sort of three or four Ks into it, you come back onto the Queen K Highway and you start riding back towards, um, but you're riding away from Harvey. And then you ride back down what's called Palani Road, which is a really, a very, very well-known section of road. You'll get to know this road really well through the course of the day. Palani Road's quite a steep, fast downhill and there's a very sharp mm. left-hander at the bottom. So um, it does take – you do have to be quite cautious going down there um, and you will get some people that go flying past and um, absolutely rail the bottom corner. And, um, you know, I've seen people not take the corner particularly well and end up in the barriers. I've seen other people take the corner really carefully and, um, you know, it's, it's worked perfectly for them. So, again, you, you, you will get the opportunity to ride down there but not at full speed because it's a busy road and before the race but on race day just just be sensible and just just um just go with your better judgment coming down that hill but then you just get onto a section of road called the kuakini highway which is a, a, a it's it's a it's a frustrating section of road actually i don't i never really like riding up here um and i think nikki you're probably the same opinion as me it's it's a bit rough it's a slight incline it's it's just the wrong sort of gradient You've either got people flying past you or you're trying to pass other people. It's really unsettled and, and quite hard mm. to get into a rhythm. And um, But when you get to the top, you turn around and you come back down towards um, Kona Village itself 
the road is still quite rough. There's still quite a few bumps, and we see a lot of people drop drink bottles coming down there. And it's um, it's it's a really really important part of the race because if you drop a drink bottle down there, you're only 15k into the race, and that might be a really really important bottle for you. So so go into this race with a bit of a strategy around how to make sure those bottles aren't going to fly out. Um, and because if they do fly out, you're coming down that hill, there's not really any chance to stop and go back and get it because there's a lot of people around. Um, it's almost that situation where you just got to let it go and um, start going onto plan B for fueling. So really be careful about riding down the Kuakini Highway to, to make sure that you don't you don't um, have any issues going down there. Um, you do, you do, you can ride it before the race and the days before the race, and it's, it's important too. But again, you probably won't get to hit race speed going down there. Mm. Um, and then when you get back into town, you'll turn back up Palani Road where you had already come down. And unfortunately, you've got to go up this dirty great hill. So whilst it's fast going downhill um, a few minutes earlier, it's quite a short, well, it's, quite a, it's actually quite a long and a long climb. It's probably about 400 metres long, 500 metres. And it's quite steep. And again, unfortunately, without the men racing, you're not going to have these testosterone-fueled idiots big ringing it up up the hill trying to barge people out the way it might be a little a little less aggressive but you, you do see people over coming up that hill pushing pushing too big a gear um out of the saddle just absolutely hauling themselves to get up this climb and it's not really that necessary to do that because you've got such a long ride on the highway afterwards that any time that you lose by holding back a little bit up that climb will will actually be made up later on anyway um, I'd say that, um, so from experience from both racing it and seeing it, that kind of first 10K, you do you come out of the water, we all know we feel quite good about ourselves and we want to start nailing it. But I, as Rob said, I'll take that first 10K, which is that green, if you look at that top map on the right, it's that green bit, which is out to the yellow turnaround, and then it goes blue back. That is that kind of dodgy, I'd say dodgy bit of road because there are quite a bit of breaks, there are when you're, when you're racing it, you don't see the little lips in the road. And honestly, when I was spectating, we stood there for about an hour and my partner and I collected about 30 bottles um, <laughs> in that hour. They were just flying off people's bikes and like Speed Rob said, because the amount of, yeah, because the amount of traffic, <laughs> there's no way that you can really stop and pick it up um, mm. unless you want to cause an accident. So I would take that stretch of road, even though people might be flying past you, just be, just, I'd say just be smart. And even from when I did it, I was, I was a little bit gung-ho because I was like, no, I'm feeling good. Everyone around me is in the aero position. I'm going down an aero and start to slam it and then soon learn that, no, this is not the right, I'm just feeling uncomfortable with the amount of people around me and seeing bottles as well go flying is also, you know, then people start swerving and it gets a little bit uncomfortable so I would just take that first 10K just to settle because you want to keep your nutrition on you because it's a, it's a long day. And if you're used to your nutrition, that's, it's, it's key for you to keep it. So I'd almost write off that 10K as in don't worry about power numbers, just get into a rhythm, make sure you're safe, make sure you have your nutrition on you, do the turnaround and just, and just come back until you get and then go up that steep, steep hill until you hit the Queen K and then you can really start settling in because it's just long and straight out to the Harvey. Um, and the road is much smoother. Um, but yeah, you don't want to lose your nutrition in that first bit because you're, you kind of stuff yourself up. Yeah, absolutely. And, and on that, on that too. Um, 
So on the aid stations, the drinks that you can collect, so they provide Gatorade over there and the Gatorade bottles that are completely different to the bottles that you get in Australia and New Zealand. So they're a lot skinnier. So they do fit in your drink bottle holders that we have on our bikes, but they don't fit snug. So they will come out. Mm. It's a... Um, yeah, it's those drink models are terrible. I, I, and I saw at Nice they were using the same ones, and I thought, oh no, they haven't haven't changed. But anyway, it's just what it is. It's it's part of the. So uh, I would get there when I got there. I saw what they were handing out because um, I went down to the athlete village, and obviously Gatorade is there. You see what they have. So then I went to the supermarket, bought the same, obviously bought a couple, and then was just testing it in my own drink bottle holders to go, okay, I feel safe with it actually in the front. It has less jiggle, more likely to keep it. Should I need to pick up a drink bottle, that's where I'll put it. Um, mm. So just, I would just recommend doing that because it just gives you a little bit more confidence of, you know, putting it in and out of your own drink bottle, um, sorry, drink bottle holder, if that's what you're going to do. Um, also get a sense of the flavor of it too. And if your stomach can handle it, because again, it's different from the Gatorade we get here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so as we look at the course, and you can see where the A stations are located, um, and you can actually correspond that to when you're, if you're riding full guess, you'll be able to see them at the same time, so you, you do get a feel for them. But um, you'll see that you ride pretty past the airport pretty soon, pretty early into the race, and um, and that's a that becomes a key landmark for you later on in the day. But if you look at the profile at the bottom part of the screen there, it's it's not a flat course. And and, no. and this is this is actually a good thing because a lot of people think that Kona is a is a pretty flat, straightforward race, but it's it's it I would I won't call it very hilly, but I will call it hilly. Um, it's rolling. Yeah, it's rolling, yeah. It's rolling to the bottom of Harvey and um and it's it's, yeah, it's almost enough. a climb back. Yeah. It's and it's rolling enough that you actually need to ride these climbs with with a, a fair amount of um planning and foresight um there are some sections where it's better to drop drop down your small chain and come out of your aero bars really just manage your gearing to get over them rather than sort of pushing harder on the pedals to push yourself over the hills and the, the difficulty is, is is it's earlier enough in the day that the temperature is not super high and mm. if you're riding too hard earlier it, it increases your core body temperature which is what we don't want to have happen too early in the day we don't want we don't want to see your body temperature increasing while it's still cool because when that ambient temperature increases which will happen later on um you've got you've, you haven't really got anywhere to go it's it just that's when your body starts going into its into its survival mode and survival mode means you're not really going to be performing the way you want to perform so really be careful managing your your effort on the first section out to the to this little village we call Kauai High um and you turn left off the Queen K down a little descent into Kauai High turn right and you hit the uh the road to Harvey and as you can see on that graph, the climb to Harvey is about, it's about um, almost 20 kilometres long, um, probably 15 kilometres long. And it's fairly gradual, fairly steady. Um, it goes up around the edge of a big volcano and the wind direction changes as you go up this climb because obviously you're changing, you're coming around the side of a volcano. So it, it becomes quite a challenging section of the course. Um, but if you get to the top of Harvey, and you're feeling really good, then then that's actually that's actually an excellent position to be in. You don't want to get to the top of that climb and think, thank God for this, I'm finally turning to get back home, because um, that's not a good way to be. Because the key section that the, this this race will start biting 
from 100Ks onwards. It's and mm. it, it does get tough. And we say that because that downhill section coming off from Harvey is you have to be very, very good on a bike to be able to get down there well. Um, and as Nikki knows, it gets windy. It can be quite strong crosswinds. And if, you, if, you're, um, if you're sort of fatigued going down there, and you, you're not so alert or aware of um, the situation, you, that's when things can go wrong. So you just want to make sure that you've got enough enough focus, enough energy to get yourself to the top there, turn around, come back down that descent, be happy with how, you, how you're going down the hill, managing the, the the winds well, getting back onto the Queen K, and then being comfortable, okay, I'm, on, I'm sort of on the home stretch now. Um, it's a really, really important part of the race, eh? Yeah, yeah. Um... So the whole course kind of going out to Harvey is kind of rolling. It's not, yeah, like Rob said, it's definitely not flat and you get swirling winds. So one minute you'll be like, oh, great, I've got a tailwind. Then it'll be a headwind and then it'll be a sidewind. And you might see people in front of you, you know, you're holding a straight line. Next minute they're moving kind of out. So you get a sense of where the wind is coming (laughs) from. Um, So you kind of, you have to feel comfortable in aero position holding that position with that wind. So just feeling relaxed um, in that position and climbing up Harvey. I mean, the hill on the graph looks super, super steep and scary. It's not. Um, Again, it's just managing your effort up that hill because as Rob mentioned, coming down, you need to have your wits about you. Um, The day I raced was super, super windy. And I was literally talking to myself out loud down the hill just to give myself the confidence I needed to stay in, stay in aero. And basically I just kept saying to myself, relax, point and shoot, relax, point and shoot over and over and over again, because the wind was just swirling. Um, Where last year when I went, um, there was no wind. So it just, it really depends on the day, what you're going to get. But just be, I guess, be prepared for it. And just, whatever you need to do to give yourself confidence to go down, do it and just make sure that you're not, make sure you're, I guess, peddling down. You're not, not peddling and cruising. So that would be my Mm. biggest tip is it, it feels amazing when you come down, but make sure you're peddling because that'll, that'll give you, um, I guess, more control over your bike as you come down versus just freewheeling it. Yeah. Um, And then coming back from Harvey, even though it's still rolling all the way back into town, it's it's more of actually a climb. So as Rob said, it's about the 100K mark. For me, I think it was about 130K. I was like, oh, freak, I'm, I'm done. I can't wait to start the run. Um, because it just feels like you get over a hill and you're like, surely, surely, because the, the airport is always the landmark because you know when you get to the airport, it's, it's you know you're only maybe 15 minutes away from un- getting off your bike so um it, you get over a little hill and you're like surely that i can see the airport after this hill and you don't and then you go down and you're like maybe it's the next one <laughs> and then it's like maybe it's the next one and so then that's where mentally you got to have a really strong game just to, to stay in it and i used every aid station to pour water on me and get water in me um at the top of Harvey is also um, personal needs. I think that's what they call it now. Um, and I would 100% use all your personal needs on the run and on the bike. Utilize them. Have your freeze your drinks the night before. Put them in the bag. Um, so at least when you get them on the bike, they're not going to be super hot and boiling. 
Um, but I, I would 100% recommend using them um, yeah. to get what you need. And um, the the way they operate is you might have to stop um, yeah. and, and wait for someone to bring your bag to you. It's it's not like it is in um, the no. Ironmans we have down here where they sort of run along beside you. They uh, you, you need to stop and take some time doing that. Um, it's it's I, worth it, though. It might be a minute. That's worth yeah. it. Yeah. One thing I wanted to mention as well, if you look at the, the shape of the course, when you look at the map, um, when you're riding, you think it is straight back. But as you can see, it's not. You're curling your way around a bay. Mm. And and you're sort of like an S an S curve, and the reason for that is you've got two of the biggest volcanoes in the world, just just to the left of you when you're riding back, and those two enormous volcanoes have have um, trade winds coming past them, and so the trade winds obviously funnel around either side of the volcano, and um, and in the middle of the volcano there's a saddle, and that and the trade winds will funnel through that saddle, and they'll get quite strong. So the section around Waikoloa. Um, Waikoloa Road is kind of lines up with the saddle between the two mountains and that's actually where the crosswinds might be quite strong but the strange thing is is you might get three or four k's past there and suddenly you, you've got a headwind and, and it's mm. only because you've moved your way past the volcano that you're beginning to pick up a, a slightly different angle of the wind assuming it's a fairly typical wind day this last year it was quite it was quite unusual it was quite different um so yeah, it just this gives you a little bit of a chance to understand the how the the, the intricacies of this course can be quite challenging. And if, but if you know what's coming, it becomes a real strength. People who who just go there and expect it to be a straight ride back don't mm. don't really do so well. So become a, an amateur meteorologist, and uh, and that, that helps a lot. Um, the last section coming into town, you sort of wind your way. Off the Queen K, you come you come down a couple of lefts and rights again, and I don't know about you, Nikki, but that the from coming off the Queen K to coming into the transition area went so quickly, like it was almost blinking. I was I was there, and I, and I was there's always yeah. that thing thing of oh, she's got to snap out of it. I've got to get ready for this run, and um and so just again pre ride it, check, check out that section of the course, know how long it's going to take you, um just mm-hmm. so you, you are aware of that of that section of the race, um. Is there anything else you want to mention about the bike? We'll move forward to the run, if not. Yeah. Um. Do they still? Can you still? Is it the classic Ironman where you can just throw your bike, or do you have to rack it? No, I think they hand them off still. Pretty sure. You, yeah, I think you still hand it off, and they take it away for you. Um. That's always a bonus. I always love that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so then we enter the run. Um. Obviously, going through transition, it's it's same as it was. It's pretty hectic. Um, similar process. You got to find your bag as you as you run through. Um, a station. Uh, the transition area helpers are great. They'll they'll help you get yeah. changed and empty your bags out and stuff. They'll put some lock on you. It's just fantastic. But um, if anyone saw Nice, it's the same kind of setup with the bags hanging off the rack before you enter the tent. Yeah. The problem about it is it's just almost too comfortable and you just, and you just think, oh, I could just stay here. <laughs> but you don't, you got to get out. And as soon as you leave that tent, you, you, you get hit by the sun and, and then you're like, holy crap, this is, this is actually, this event's real. You know, I'm, I'm about to start a marathon. It's, it's the middle of the day, late, you know, getting towards later in the day. The sun's at its highest point. Um, this is no joke. We got to, we're into it here. So, um, 
you know, you, you'll you'll come out of the transition area and all the crowds are there and it's fantastic. But you actually you actually go up a little incline to, to get out mm. of out of there and it's and it's almost like a it's almost like a cruel it's it's just a cruel thing to do because you get up up this incline and then you get onto the flat section. And I think a lot of people sort of start walking that part of it. And and if you're not going out for a performance result, walking it's not a bad idea because it just gives you a chance to to just gather your thoughts, get up to that flat section on the uh, on the um, Halale Highway, and then get into your rhythm from there. So um, you'll see it when you get there in, in race week what it's like. It's it's not a big climb, but it's just enough to be a little bit of a nuisance. But then you, you do the first couple of kilometres and you drop back down into Ali Drive. And Ali Drive is where all the crowds are. Um, great atmosphere. It's super, mm. super humid. So humid because you're right down by the ocean. Um, it's very, very sheltered. There's not much wind. Um, there's not a lot of... Um, well, you're running down the middle of the road. All the trees are on the side of the road where the spectators are standing. So you're kind of still exposed to the heat. But... Um, and it's, it's quite an undulating section of the course as well. You'll see on the profile there that it's actually a few little ups and downs, and it's really important to manage your pace through that section um, because you see a lot of people run really, really fast along the you drive, and it's it's not a, you know, it's very, very soon in the race um, to be to be taking those risks. But, um, you know, that's where your friends and family will be, um, and it's a cool atmosphere. It's a lot of fun. When you when you turn, make your way back. You come back towards town again. It's really buzzing, really really hyped up. It's a great atmosphere. Um, and then you have to come up this Palani Road, which you would have ridden up earlier in the day. And Palani Road is is that same steep, half a kilometre long climb, which is just it's just it's just late enough into the run that it's horrible, and it's just steep enough into the run to to make it really hard to decide do I walk it or do I run it. And it's, mm. but there's there are A stations on the way up, and um, you know it's a it's a welcome re- reward when you get to the top that there is an A station there, and when you turn onto the Queen K Highway, then you're sort of um, back into a, a more runnable um, section of the course. But the problem with, with being up there is it's it's very very exposed to the sun. It's not going to be as humid. There's a lot more wind up there, so you don't get the humidity as factoring as as much, but you do still get the heat of the day. Um, and there is a section about two kilometres along the Queen K Highway where they don't let spectators go past. And and unfortunately, when you leave that section, you're sort of on your own and it can be it starts getting quite lonely. It's just you, the other athletes in the A stations, and you won't see as many spectators. And it's it's a real, um, you know, you, you, you're, you're in the you're in the thick of the race right there. You're in the thick of the event. And it's 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 the real mind game start at that section. Um, and then as you get your way along towards, you'll start seeing the uh, you, you would have seen in the race week that um, where the energy lab is located. You probably would have had a chance to run the energy lab. Um, and the energy lab section is um, is again it's quite a it's quite a, a drawn out part of the course where you run down back down to the coast. It starts getting humid again. Do a turnaround at the end of a long road and make your way back to the um, back to the Queen K. Um, it's a it's a tough section of the race, eh, Nikki? That that whole yeah. <laughs> it's a section of the race where it's kind of almost like dead air. It's just there's there's no kind of breeze. Um, it just feels just quite heavy in that area, and 
you you go down into the energy lab. And when I say down, it is a slight downhill, which means when you come out of the energy lab, you're actually climbing out of the energy lab. It's not like a massive hill, but trust me, when you run it, you're like, yep, this is uphill. <laughs> this yeah. is uphill. Yeah. and but it's, You will find your personal needs down there as well. And um, there's the Red Bull tent down there when I've got the music blaring. So there's quite a bit of energy in the energy lab. Um <laughs> And again, that's where your personal needs is. And again, highly recommend using it um, to restock, refuel, get what you need. It also gives you a chance just just to have a, a second, just to gather yourself and go again. Yeah, and um, I mean the the great thing about this this race is the A stations are so well stocked that the yeah. the, the cold ice the cold um, ice sponges that you get are just they're absolute they're, they're just gold there. It's incredible how much relief you get from you know, the fuel that you pick up from the air stations and the sponges and the ice and stuff like that. So whilst we say it's hot, it's hard and horrible, it's it's not because it's broken up by these these A stations which do provide so much relief. So um so much of this race is about managing what is what is your pace and what yeah. is what you're capable of doing. It's not about um doing something that someone else is doing. This I mean it's uh, unless you're racing for a top level performance or you're wanting to um, really push your push yourself push your limits you might be looking at doing that but if it is to get through the day enjoy the experience and just just be proud of you know finishing the Hawaii Ironman it's it is about pace management through that section and a lot of that might might mean that it's a run walk strategy for part of it which is absolutely fine a lot of people that's how um yeah that's how you train me Rob so obviously um, when you start running, like when you start running and you go along a lead drive and you've just started the run, you do, like Rob said, you get a lot of energy because that's where everybody is. And you have a tendency, you know, when there's people around to do a bit of a hero move and run through aid stations and grab things versus actually stopping and taking your time. And I guess my learning from this course is don't, don't do that. Um, even if you feel good at that moment, take a second to grab the ice and grab the sponge at every aid station because you'll soon find a point in the run where it all of a sudden just hits you and you're gone. Um, mm. And that's just because you thought you were good, you know, at the previous aid station. So you didn't grab, you know, the sponge because you didn't need it. But by the time you get to the next one, it's just too late. So I would take every aid station and just slow, either slow down or I know I was getting to the end of the race and like I would see the aid station and that would give me a chance to go, all right, I can, I can walk to it now. Like it was getting that desperate <laughs> to, to, call, to call down because I didn't take the chance at the beginning to, to call down. So I would make sure every aid station you utilize the ice down your top women we're, we're we're lucky we have a bra so i would i literally was like storing my bra full of ice and then picking it out and eating it till i got to the next one <laughs> um otherwise i saw the men taking ziploc bags so that's another kind of strategy if you don't yeah. want to put it down your bar they were taking ziploc bags in every aid station filling it with ice um till they got to the next one yeah that's so good um the last section is there's this cruelly there's a there's an incline to the corner so you'll see you go past the 40k mark and that's it's up a it's up a hill but it's the last hill that you'll do in the race but it's sort of it's just it's just not at a very nice place um, and once you get up to the end you turn right back onto the planning road it's that steep long downhill um, and and that's pretty much 
you're pretty much home by then. It's it's a K to go, K and a half to go. Um, you do you sort of run yourself back onto um, the the road above Ali Drive, head, head back out of town a little bit, and then you take the final turns back onto Ali Drive in the last four hundred meters um, to the finish is just incredible. It's um you know it's you'll you'll see once you get onto there you'll you'll know that's no that's, go away. That's why you come back every year because it is the it is it is one of those special locations that you just don't get at any other race. Um, yeah, and you you'll get your finish line, and it's um, yeah, it's it's quite a quite an amazing experience there. Yeah, and I would say en- enjoy the finish line, like like soak it in. It's the most amazing finish line. It's really long, um, and when you cross the line, en- enjoy what they what they do afterwards. Like there's massage, there's showers, there's pizza, there's protein shakes, there's like I- anything. Just you've come this this far and done all that. <laughs> I would just tell your family just you might Spend need to give me an hour while I, <laughs> yeah while I while I enjoy what happens after the finish line as well yeah exactly and you can see the uh, you can see the finish line there it's just it is uh it's pretty pretty amazing place to be and uh the, the cool thing is is the later in the day it goes the the, the more intense that atmosphere gets and as the sun goes down the temperature drops a little bit as well so it starts getting a little bit more pleasant um so the people that are towards the end of the race um that you know you guys get uh, an incredible atmosphere coming down that finish shoot um so i think what we'll do is we'll switch over there's a couple other things that i wanted to mention um uh, let me just have a look here we'll just stop that screen share okay we're back so um a couple of things we'll we'll talk about is uh, the the processes of race week can be quite stressful. Um, uh, let me bring up my little list that we've got here. So when you arrive in Kona, you'll see that Kona Airport is um, is pretty small. It's pretty hectic. It's mostly an outdoor airport, um, and it's a it's quite an quite a quite a quirky little place. But um, it's uh, it's 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 well. It, I mean, they've been doing Hawaii. I mean, forever, and it's it's a it's a it's an event that they're well managed for. But there are still some idiosyncrasies with this race that that do sort of leave, leave you scratching your head, as thinking how how does this work? The first thing is um, this the, the public transport between the airport and Kona isn't isn't particularly good. <laughs> there's no, no there's no shuttle buses well there there's no shuttle buses there's taxis but the taxis aren't often vans um there's ubers but the ubers aren't often vans and ubers are often a lot more expensive in race week than um normal and like we're talking maybe two or three times what you would pay normally sometimes even more um rental cars are probably the best way to go if if you um if you can get one and um because that gives you the opportunity to transport your luggage back into into town and also to have the freedom of moving around the race uh, venue and checking out the course and stuff like that. So if you can, I'd get a rental car. Um, I wouldn't rely on public transport to get you into town easily. Uh, and likewise, in the, in the coming back out of Kona um, after the race, again, it's, it's a bit of a hectic situation. You need to get your bike to the airport the day before uh, is it on Monday or Sunday you have to get your bike to the airport? Um, when you leave, say often 
or if they don't, you can ask. They off like we're sorry when you're leaving the airport, like you arrive and you then you go to leave, like collect your luggage and leave. They'll often say because they can tell you're in a competitor, or if they don't ask, um, bring your bag back back the day before your flight leaves because That's there right. are obviously two and a half thousand athletes and they've got to get most people leave on the same day which makes it super hard for them to get all the bikes across so what they do is they say as many people as possible bring their bags the day before and then they start sh- um, putting them on flights across to the main island and they hold them in the main island mm. that's right it's it's um it's really really hectic um and mm. you just got to be so chilled about it and just just be happy that that is the process that you just got to go with. But, um, yeah, just keep that in mind that the day after the race, you do need to be ready to put your, put your bike onto the plane the, the day before you leave. Um, mm. So, yeah, as we said, getting around Kona is, it's, it's, you know, it's easy to get around if you've got a bicycle. Um, super easy. It's, it's, you know, it's easy to navigate. Most of the, most of the places are all within the same area. Um, there are really good supermarkets at either the, the southern end of town, uh, the end of the far end of a Lear Drive. There's good supermarkets in in the middle middle of town as well. Um, if you have a car, you can get to Costco as well. Costco, yeah, um, yeah, it takes. It. So if you in a Costco in Australia, New Zealand, they take international. So it's a. I did that on my last trip. Deliberately got a Costco membership because knowing how the supermarkets are stocked and two and a half thousand athletes shopping it out mm. um yeah i went to costco shopped up it's good so I move and um uh and also a lot of those places also sort of walking distance as well a lot of those shops yeah supermarkets so it's it's really really easy to get around um if you've got a bicycle, it's great. Um, but yeah, it's it's um it's it's pretty cool to, to be able to just cruise around that way. Um, the other thing is, is there are really good places to eat as well. Um, food's quite expensive in Kona in race mm-hmm. week. Uh, there's the Kona Brewery is is a really good place. Um, if you like, um, you know, nice cold beer and good good pub food. But um, tipping in America is is definitely a thing. And um, uh, it's beginning to come around a little bit more to um, splitting the bills. They're, they're getting okay with splitting bills at tables, but it's not really the same Kiwi and Australian tradition where you sort of pay for your own meal. Um, in America, they kind of expect you to pay for the one bill with with mm. the one one payment. But um, they might you might find that they're starting to come around to that culture a little bit more, where it's it's you know you can pay for your own food, but there is a good gratuitary, and it might be fifteen, eighteen, or twenty percent. Um, which is quite quite a lot, especially when you're looking at the current state of the Kiwi. And don't know what the Aussie dollars like, but the Kiwi dollars aren't that great. Um, and it is just something you got to be prepared to add on to your bill. Um, part of the expenses, but it's part of the experience as well. And a lot of the machines they have over there actually calculate the tip for you, so you can just um, don't have to do the math in your head. You can just push the button, and it, uh, it magically does it for you. Um, I'm guessing also um, a lot of the condos are on a Lee drive. So I'm getting, I'm guessing um, most of the people going there would be probably staying on a Lee drive. Um, and you can get to the supermarket if you walk or have a little bike and take a backpack and fill it up. So um, yeah, you can, you can, you can get around. I hired a car for just one day. So basically to get all my stuff from the airport to the hotel and then do a Costco shop and then 
we the next day dropped the car off and then rode our rode our bikes back after dropping the car off. Mm, that's good. Um, the event village is it's pretty well spread out as well. So yeah. Where the um, where you register um, in the Queen, um, uh, what's it called the Queen? Uh, no, the King King K King Kahamano Mano Hotel is where you do the race registration. Um, that's uh, that's where um, and that's next to where the pier is and where the swim start is. But the whole expo area is about um, it's about ten minutes walk um, back down LA Drive. Um, probably more towards where you stayed. So the place is quite spread out. Um, it does seem to take a long time to walk anywhere, but it's just sort of the way it is and everyone sort of cruises around. Um, and it's a really, uh, really um, just a chilled atmosphere. So don't don't try and leave things too late and be in a hurry because the place is always pretty relaxed and pretty cruisy. Um, but um, but just understand that, that the, the, whole, the whole place is pretty spread out. Um, it does take quite a lot of movement to get around. Um, there's just a good note here for Manly that Turo is a car rental website. It's like Airbnb for cars, which um, which is awesome. I might jump on and check that out. Actually, I haven't I haven't come across that one before. Um, and uh, yeah, I just think that's pretty much. There's also a couple of really cool places. So um, Hugo's on the Rocks is where if you've ever seen uh, Breakfast with Bob, he does the interviews there. Um, but that's a cool little place, eh, Rob? It's like yep. you can sit with tables and it's literally on the sand. Um, yeah. And kind of right next to that is a, oh, a like a sahi bowl place. But yeah. if you walk yeah. upstairs, it's like upper, what would you call it? Upper. It's just like a tower. A tower. <laughs> a wooden tower. Um, and, <laughs> yeah, and it's, a, it's an awesome asahi bowl place. They do snorkeling from there as well because you might see a snorkeling sign, but kind of everyone goes there. And, I mean, I'd they're expensive but the, it, it's worth it when you've gone all that way to have an amazing asahi bowl it's what everyone takes a picture of so that that's super yeah. good um and there's also a little kind of hole in the wall place but does beautiful kind of pokey bowls it's called the pokey shack and that's on a leaky drive but it's further it's away from harvey it's called magic sands beach isn't it yeah, I think, yeah 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 but if you've got a bike and you're you're out if you're out riding or finishing a ride and around lunchtime, I'd highly recommend that that place. Um, so there's a couple of things. So obviously the athlete information guide is where you'll go to get everything that you need. Um, I don't think it's out yet, but um, when it does come out, have a good read of it and um, just double check all the key things around rules and stuff. Um, one really important thing is practice. Just be comfortable riding on the right-hand side of the road. Um, be comfortable picking up drink bottles with your right hand. Um, be practice comfortable being okay with passing people on the left hand side. Um, just everything's a little bit different when you haven't raced overseas in the states before. Um, remind people that the Ironman Tracker app is where people will follow can follow you. Um, and uh, it's and there was a representative called Ruth Ruth who will be in Kona and she will be the person that you can. She's basically your Oceania representative. You go to for any questions that you have. Um, and they will have T-shirts um, that they'll hand out to you before the Parade of Nations. So just the best thing is to make sure you're part of the um, Facebook group um, and just to... Um, they usually have a little breakfast, eh, Rob? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Little, yep. A little meet-up breakfast where they yep. hand out your T-shirts. Yeah, and um, it's just a good... It's cool atmosphere. And that's an important thing is, when, particularly with this being... If, for those of you, this is, this is your first time in World Champs, just, just get into the atmosphere. Just do lots of things and just be really, really 
make the most of the uh oh no breakfast this year. There we go. Okay. Oh, what? Oh no. It's unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> um, get get your t-shirt before the parade, anyway. But yeah, just get into as many of those invite events that you can. Go along and listen to the pros talk, and and just have a lot of fun. Um, it's you know, it's it's the world championships. It's it's a cool thing. Um, and just just while I say that, talk to the pros. We just had I just saw Rebecca Clark's just jumped online, so she obviously won Sunshine Coast seventy point three last week, and she was sixteenth. Uh, um, at Ironman World Champs last year. So uh, thanks. Hi, Rebecca. Thanks for jumping on. Hi, guys. Join the, you know, <laughs> it helps me go everything in my head. So uh, you guys got got all the good good tips. So, nah. Looking forward to seeing you. Yeah, thanks. We'll go I'm, just, I'm just actually on there. I assume everyone tips, everyone knows that they can't run a disc. That's a good question. Yeah, no disc wheels. Just remember that. Um, there is a reason for that. It does get quite windy. So, um, yeah, that's pretty much – I think we'll just leave it there. If anyone's got any questions, please feel free to either put a put a, put a question in the uh, question section or just unmute yourself and ask away. Um, but, yeah, now's a good time to do that. And uh, But hopefully we've been able to um, give you guys a, a, a bit of a snapshot, a bit of a few insights as to how this race goes. Um you know, it, it is it is a it's a special event. We we do it is something that we always finally come back to. Um, and uh, thanks, Stephanie. And uh, I just uh, I'll be there watching everybody. So make sure make sure you come and say hi to me if you see me. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, seeing how everybody's going. And uh, it's just yeah, I mean, there's a reason why I go back every year. It's because it's the coolest race in the world to watch. Uh, and, and auto race. So, um, thank you. Thanks for jumping on, everybody. Thanks, Nikki, for your insights. It's been fantastic. Okay. And um, if you did have any questions, there's always ways to reach out to us. Um, uh, and um, oh, good question here. So, from Amanda, heard that you don't get your personal needs bags back. Is that correct? Yes, I believe that is correct. I think so. Don't put anything in there that you really want to have um, that's really important to you. Uh, Chances are you won't get that bag back. So, so you just have dis dispensable stuff in there, just stuff that you, that you don't really need to to have. Um, do you have a tip for selfie? Oh, nah, I'm I'm all for those. I can give free selfies. That's absolutely fine. Um, Five percent actually. No, well, yeah, there was a tip for it. Uh, bananas at A stations. That's a good question. Is it bananas? They I do. Think there are, yeah. Have some. I remember there being some on the run. Um, there were. Pretzels, bananas, yeah, mortine gels, um, Gatorade, water, and at some of them they had Red Bull, um, the wet sponges as well. They had. Yeah, I think that's about it. Yeah, um, and uh, enjoy and uh, be proud of the achievement that you've that you've got by uh, getting qualifying for it and making your way to Hawaii and. Uh, yeah, make the most of the opportunity. So thanks, everybody. We'll leave you there. Um, oh, hang on. Another one. Jordan, we're taking bike. Hawaiian Airlines, once again, Honolulu, do we just tell them we have a bike? Yeah. Um, so Hawaiian Airlines, I think from memory, you need to pay additional when you check in that you've got a bike. Um, and um, You also you have to collect your bag. Yeah. It doesn't go through. So you look 
and allow time for it as well. It can get hectic. Mm. So, yes, you do have to pay for your bike to go from the mainland to um, Kona, and you have to get your bike and take it with you to Hawaiian Airlines, mm. even if you've got the ticket all the way through. Yeah, according to Thea, it's $150, and I think that is correct. I think it was last few yeah. times, although for some reason one time I got away without having to pay anything. I don't even know what happened there, and I was I thought I was going to get arrested, but just didn't happen. So, <laughs> um, okay. Oh, Rob, one thing is you might have said is that you can't take a backpack into transition. Ah, uh, that's no, you can't. No, we didn't say that. Thank you. Yeah, I got caught on that last year, so I had – so many bottles and I had a full backpack um, and I had to check that in and they gave me like several plastic bags. Right. <laughs> didn't you give me the back, didn't I have to carry a backpack around? No, I, I checked it in and then <laughs> it was after the race, but uh, yeah. Yeah, you can only take like plastic bags into there. Oh yeah. Okay. That's good to full, know. Full backpack. Good to know. Uh, and don't worry about taking a pump. There's lots of pumps there. Um uh, uh, the mechanics are really good, and and that and that place actually, it's, uh, they do really look after you. So, and um, they often have, if you need your bike service, check check your brand of your bike if they're going to be there on Kona Island because they'll have, they often have like Savello representatives, um, you know, the other bike brands representatives on the island, and they'll do a service of your bike before the race as well, and give you a t-shirt, and give you a t-shirt, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty cool. Uh, okay, cool. Well, I'll uh, stop recording here. And um, if we have any more questions, you know how to get hold of us. Thank you, team. Good luck. Enjoy the next few weeks. <laughs> oh, hang on. We're still going. Uh, medication and special needs. Yeah, that'll be fine. Uh, the only thing is you won't get it back. So use an old Ventolin. They don't paper. throw them away. You can go and ask it's just they don't particularly like go yeah. after your race and ask for your special needs bag yeah it, 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 yeah i don't oh yeah it would be just two and a half thousand of them they just don't tend to yeah know, and because they're them. <laughs> because we're where they're processed um on the run and the bike course is mm. a long way from kona itself i think they would be reluctant mm. to bring them all the way back to kona um, I would I would take um, if you have it in your special needs bag I would literally take it out and then put it in my pocket or down my top mm. um, rather than leave it in there yeah yeah cool right I think we're good team thank you very much thank good you <laughs>